0: All right, what is up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Fighting Pit Podcast, episode twenty-four, coming at you. And uh, we got a lot of fun, super cool stuff to talk about this week. A lot is going on in the uh, the world of mercenaries. So I am joined, as always, with my two co-hosts Malhu and Wizard Beast, as well as our honorable guest here, Frankie, coming back at us, talk some cool meta stuff, all the way from Germany. So, uh, how are you guys doing today?
1: Doing great. I'm excited for all of the news and great news,
2: even. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really excited to kind of go over it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm hyped to just provide some my school finished for us not too long ago so now i'm like i literally zombies sent me the link and was like hey did you see the patch notes i was like no i was like oh Yogg is here that's kind of cool And he was like and did you see all the other stuff i was like nope completely <laughs> missed it. and so i i'm catching now back up and so i'm here to provide like a week behind color um but it looks like we've got frankie from the future so it should be pretty good anyways <laughs> yeah
3: great as well um really looking forward to the um new patch notes and all the new changes coming
0: yeah it's uh it's it's an exciting week to, to talk merc stuff so we're gonna dive right on into it uh before we do general housekeeping stuff if you enjoy the show feel free drop a like subscribe follow on the podcast platforms all that jazz really helps out the show and uh we greatly appreciate it but yeah let's uh let's get into it so we got a new patch this week and uh this was pretty expected um I, I thought it was coming Tuesday, it ended up coming Monday with the reveal stuff, so day early, always happy to see that, and uh, it was a pretty, I mean, there was some pretty substantial stuff in the patch, you Now it's honestly much more than uh, I thought we were going to be getting. I was expecting an event, either Yogg or Finley, or, well, one of the old gods or Finley, we ended up getting Yogg, which I'm very excited about, we'll talk about him shortly here, uh, but What else did we get with this patch so we got some uh, free portraits so if you've been playing mercenaries at all since the beginning as long as you finish the tutorial by that time that patch dropped you got three free portraits for uh millhouse Tyranda, and zyrella so that's cool we saw some of these in pve so we knew they were coming this is also a good sign that more of the ones we've seen in the pve recently will become available to players which is a great thing um, these are currently only available as, like, uh, gifted portraits. So if you finish the tutorial before the patch, you got them. But they will become available to everyone else at a later date. So look forward to that. Um, they also talked about... That'd to... be sick. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's, uh, we were kind of trying to figure out, like, right before, of, like, are these really cool? Or are they actually kind of, like, a lot of people end up having them? But so far, we did point out, I didn't even notice that they aren't fully animated, but it is the first time we've gotten like proof yet that they can add skins on and add skins like out of mm-hmm. nowhere, giving us some hope for wizard beasts just give us a free diamond vulgin or whatever for like finishing yeah. high place or something. So that's honestly that precedent alone is really cool. But I like these skins. I think they might be like cool like stamp of honor things. I kind of hope that they are not achievable for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: In that greedy in that greedy uh, like original uh it's just nice to, uh,
0: to sh- that they're giving something back for the people who have at least put a bit of time into the mode. Like, I think uh, sometimes a little stuff like that goes a long way in terms of like goodwill with the community. And um, another big thing about this post was I think this is probably some of the best communication we've ever gotten about the mode in this patch update. I didn't expect us to get half as much of the information uh so we're gonna look through it i'll have the patch notes linked in the description so if you want to follow along with us you can check all that stuff out there uh but yeah so the portraits and then then we start getting to kind of some more uh, meat and potatoes stuff here so later this year they're talking about adding a system that will let us exchange some of your excess coins for random coins for a merc you own but have not maxed yet so this is probably the biggest news out of the whole patch, in my opinion. And so far, the uh, obviously we don't know exactly how this is going to work. We'll probably talk a little bit about some ideas or theories behind it. But just getting this information is huge. Uh, yeah. I personally gave up on this ever happening a long time ago. I I talked we talked about it a lot. What like we were talking about this before oh, we started six months sure. ago. Yeah. Uh, or so like very early on in the beginning of mercenaries were saying hey we have all these extra coins give us some way to exchange them it will really help with a lot of the problems with the modes especially back then when we were getting monthly releases and packs were so much worse because there were only what four or five characters getting out of the pool the pack odds were so bad that it just it just felt really terrible to open packs and now we know all these extra coins we've been hoarding like a dragon are finally going to have some use outside of just the PvE endgame stuff, which they kind of hinted at and talked about before. They can actually be used to help with grinding, which is so, so huge, especially if you're a PvP-focused player, as the grinding is what we need to do to play the game how we want to play it. And um, Frankie pointed out uh, that it is important to notice the wording here, right? If we look at it, it does say "some" of your excess coins. So i I don't think they' I don't think that that some would fall in there by accident. I I think that is kind of a hint at they're not going to let me dump my five hundred thousand extra coins all at once and and get however many equivalent for unmax Mercs. I don't think that's what they're going to do, um, but just the fact that we're getting anything at all to turn some of these resources that were previously essentially useless to us into something that is useful and helps with the grinding time is a really huge boon for the mode. And I think so far, the community reception has been overwhelmingly positive about this news.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, overall, it's just something that everyone's been wanting for so long, and it's great to finally just hear about it. Because I'm being honest, I kind of gave up on it once they told mm-hmm. us hey all excess coins are gonna be just for pve i was like okay that's the new thing that's what they're going they're going down that path and then just literally out of nowhere there's like oh yeah we have that but also here's everything that you guys have all been wanting so <laughs> i think it's just a great change that you know that's gonna come around not too long i think it'll honestly be here before we know it
0: yeah so, later this year that would be cool so they did not a hard date but you know what, we're already in June, we're halfway through the year, so sometime in the next six months or so.
2: Yeah, in my mind, this is probably replacing the, the PvE, in, in, at least just my prediction was that the PvE endgame content, when they said later this year, was going to be probably around yeah, like the October-November range, and then they kind of said that that got backed up, so my guess is now the coins is going to that spot, which is, I would guess, probably around the yeah, like November range of when we were likely to expect this.
0: Yeah, I think that's a reasonable assumption or guess. That's kind of what lined up with what I was thinking as well. Yeah.
3: The idea behind uh, these changes uh, is, is really great. So we just uh, need to hope that uh, they just don't mess this up. So yeah, <laughs> um, the wording is great. The idea is great, but the implementation could be bad. So let's say we can just exchange like hundred coins a day. That would be use, uh, useless or the exchange rate is just bad. So, um, yeah, we, we just need to hope that uh, the implementation is great as well.
0: Yeah, you know, we don't really know anything right now. It's all pretty much pure speculation. So mostly going to wait and see on that front, but j- just to hear that at least there's something we can do with these piles on piles of extra coins and that it's going to be guaranteed to go to a max merc or an unmaxed merc rather is really really nice because it, it basically it gives kind of people an incentive of hey we know this is coming later in the year if you want a way to potentially speed up new mercs that are going to be coming out you have an incentive to grind up all your old mercs even if you don't plan on playing with them you're making your coin conversion better by maxing out these launch characters. And they also added something that I think flew under the radar for a lot of people, kind of myself included, Um, but it was a pretty nice change. So we talked about how the tasks for the new mercenaries are a lot better than the old ones, right? Mm. They just, uh, they improved a lot. They aren't quite as grindy, and I had some theories about that in terms of they, they kind of needed to artificially extend that launch grind because they knew it was going to take a while before the content started flowing and whatnot. Um, but now they have gone back and they have adjusted a fair amount of m- old mercenaries' tasks. So we're not going to go through them all here because there are a lot of them. Uh, there will be a link in the description if you want to check them all out, but there are some of the more annoying tasks in mercenaries' have been pretty notably improved uh one that i know i absolutely despised was the grom tasks 12 which was getting 75 death blows with blood fever (laughs) so that one's all the way down to 25 and then some of these other ones they just like totally made them easy like and (laughs) i did this one a few days ago before the patch too. uh gruel destroy 45 enemies using his summon so they just made that deal 150 damage like night and day difference like went from being one of the worst tasks in the game to being one that you can complete very easily so they did this on a pretty large amount of characters and i think we might have talked about it a little bit last time where uh the the new tasks are so nice it was really making those old tasks feel especially bad for players who hadn't got them done yet so i think this is a great step to kind of lessen the burden for new players and make it feel not quite as bad especially when we consider the fact that a lot of the launch mercenaries are still kind of underpowered to a degree like i did a tier list recently and something i noticed is the majority of the mercs that were ending up in that d tier list of totally unplayable currently in pvp a lot of them were launch mercenaries and so this is kind of one thing that kind of helps with that a little bit because like at least it makes it a little bit easier to grind them up, and now there's a bit more incentive to grind them up for that eventual coin exchange stuff. And I think buffs are also still on the table. If we uh, if we think back to when Trigor got buffed in the what the 23.0 patch, there were a pretty decent handful of Mercenaries buffs, and I would not be surprised if we see something similar in the 24.0 patch, which should be coming in about three weeks or so. Usually it comes about a week before the expansion. We know the expansion's coming on August 2nd, so kind of mid-late July, there should be another big patch. And even though that one won't be focused on Mercenaries, I think we're still going to see some uh, potential balance updates as well as a new character added via the reward track. So that's pretty nice. Uh, it's something to look forward to. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's I think, let's see, that is most of uh, the stuff from the patch notes. Uh, they did talk a little bit, about endgame content, we did know from the XRAMA that it is going to take them a little bit longer, and they basically just reiterated that here, but it, uh, I really liked the way they said this, so I'm just going to read it uh, through here really quick. We're also still working on the endgame content that was hinted at in the year of the Hydra announcement, including a way to use the excess coins to add power and personalized traits to your max mercs. Uh, that's kind of cool, personalized traits. I wonder yeah, what that, that that's going to... Cool do um all of which we still expect a further bit down the line it has taken us a little bit longer than we hope to implement these systems but we wanted to let you know we have a clear plan for our goals for these projects we are actively working on them and they are coming we consider this to be our highest in bold priority in mercenaries development we just need some more time to make sure it is done correctly so that was kind of what i thought when we got the news from xr was they they clearly have a lot of this stuff planned out and whatnot. Um, I'd rather them take an extra month or two instead of it coming in, what, November, December? Maybe it comes in January or February. I'm okay with that if that means they get it right on the first try because I think this is the biggest potential to kind of get people back into Mercenaries, whether it's people who were kind of burned at the launch or just kind of fell off along the way or even just attract new players this is a way to do it we've seen mercs hasn't really been a major part of their advertising for a while and i think they're kind of just waiting and we've theorized about this before for there to be a bigger moment to kind of push it again like they did at the launch so still got that to look forward to in the uh a little bit distant future
2: i can't help but laugh whenever like we were talking about the wording for this sequence here in the patch notes where we're so grateful for this wording it's literally it's almost exactly verbatim of what we were asking for it feels Mm -hmm. since we're so disconnected from them this literally just feels like we like put our hand on the glass and then like (laughs) another hand came and touched the glass like we don't we, we can't talk to them but like we know somebody exists on the other side like that to me, honest just so funny but they nailed it i mean we asked like hey please would you do this and they're like yeah that's a reasonable accommodation to ask for here you go thanks and we went thanks like that's really cool and so we're almost underplaying how sick not only the communication change has been but the coins and the pve again these are these like golden age things we've been talking about and we finally have proof that it's on the way basically we kind of hadn't had true proof that it was even on the way
0: yeah uh, like they mentioned it once or twice but it's always been so ambiguous right like it's like someday (laughs) in the future it will happen something
2: we we did the fact that they are telling us coin exchange like that was not a guaranteed way or solution for Mm -hmm. this like that by no means was the one that they had to settle on and the fact that they are like that is enormous I think I feel like to communicate to us so I'm excited like like Frankie was saying though like there are there worlds where the implementation is possible to mess up like could it be glacially excess transferable like is it could it be so slow that it's as if they didn't do anything maybe there is a number that is too slow so will it be that number I don't know I would of course prefer to lean on the like Pokemon Unite side of like over generous um but we'll see
0: yeah I'll have to wait and see on that one.
1: Yeah, no, I honestly, I think it's just a great change having all that. And even if, like, say, the conversion rate and stuff for the exchange is bad, it's better than nothing. And I feel like with all the updates that have been coming out, I feel like Blizzard's been kind of, like, actually hitting everything right on the mark recently. Like, all the new Merc drop was great. The events, I feel like, have been great. Like, everything we've kind of been asking for is, like, starting to kind of get to that point. Like, we were kind of saying, like, a re-release. I think, you know, after this exchange thing comes out and the PvE thing comes out, I think they might, yeah, go for a big re-release and kind of, like, be like, hey, we're out of alpha, basically. Yeah. <laughs> have everyone come back. We're going to have a huge welcome back bundle. Because, I mean, even in the shop this week, we saw that welcome back bundle. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're, you know, starting to kind of get there with mercenaries, and I'm actually really glad that it's happening.
0: And they confirmed okay. that... uh Or not confirmed, but they kind of even almost said that like like they they kind of i feel like they were kind of pointing at the whole like because it's no secret especially in the larger hearthstone community like people meme on this mode very very hard go go into any major hearthstone stream and say the word mercenaries and watch what happens in the chat it it, like but this is what happened with duels right like duels was the most memed on mode that nobody played for what a year or something like that but now a lot of people really like it, and it has this kind of like this uh, a community that's really grown around it. And now even people who are standard players or wild players or battlegrounds players, they're still kind of like dipping their toe into duels for some fun stuff on the side. And I think Mercs has the potential to kind of follow that same path.
2: It just has to come off of the high castle, and then mm-hmm. the mode is all perfect. Like the duels wasn't a meme because it was inaccessible like it was a little bit that was part of the
0: problem local. not as unaccessible really. well, as Mercenaries. Right, they had the uh, use older right, cards first came out that like
2: yeah too. unlocking different equipment or whatever actually i never thought of that comparison to mercs in that same way i forgot they fixed it what in what felt like so early on or so many times that the unlock like access yeah capacity is they made it really
0: easier and oh. old cards too is the other thing some people don't play wild right and they disenchant their cards when they rotate as standard well some of those cards are useful in duels and so that also added a barrier to entry for more standard players than anything so i think they've improved on that a lot and i really think we're going to see a similar thing for this mode over time because we all know how good the pvp is in this mode i mean it's it's why we play it for the most part right Like, uh, none of us are the the hardcore dedicated PvE people like Old Guardian. We're we're in it for the PvP. And uh, from the beginning, we've been saying accessibility has been the biggest problem. Because if you let people play this PvP, they will get hooked to it. Hearthstone is also a PvP-focused game in almost every single format. It's fine to have a PvE mode, and it's great that there are people that really enjoy that. But... It still needs improvements for sure. PvE is far from perfect, but it shouldn't the whole game shouldn't hinge on the fact that you have to go through the PvE experience when you have such a good, fun, interesting PvP game that I think a lot of Hearthstone players would really enjoy if they could just try it, right? Without that tens, tens, twenties, thirties of hours of investment to get a few teams together. Like it would really it would really be a huge boon for the mode. So hopefully with these accessibility changes and new stuff, we can see it trend more in that direction.
3: So for me as a PvP player, so for me personally, it wouldn't even that bad if I just had to complete all the tasks. But mm-hmm. I have to go even beyond that and then grind one one heroic or do and the new uh, bounties over and over again and. This takes not only hours, but days or weeks mm-hmm. And uh, if we could skip this grind fest with the new um, announced uh, exchange, that would be immense. That would be,
0: oh yeah, it'd be a huge so, boon so for good. the mode because it would it would basically that would be what we've been asking for in terms of lowering that barrier and Yes, in the short term that would mainly apply to people who have been playing the mode for a long time, but the reason why this change is so important is because literally everyone at some point gets impacted by the excess coin problem. It is unavoidable. If you're doing what the game wants you to do, completing bounties, leveling characters, maxing some out, you run into this problem, whether you're a new player or an established player. Like... I mean, I've, I've heard it from a bunch of new players where they'll they'll max out their starting free-to-play team, uh, just sometimes going with the base mercs, Cariel, uh, Samuro, and Zyrella, and then it's like, oh, I'm, I, every time I open a pack and I get some Zyrella coins, I'm really bummed out because I can't do anything with them. And that's someone who probably only has a few, if any, max mercs, but it's still a feel-bad, and it creates such a weird... It creates the opposite of what the game should want for the player. The game should want the player to feel accomplished, and that by maxing a character, they're doing like that's kind of part of the gameplay loop. but now they're right now there's just a negative to doing that, and obviously there's a positive too, but it's like I think that negative really hinders the the feeling of the positive. It really lowers it, and so hopefully this exchange coins thing as well as the use for them in endgame PvE can kind of make that feeling a lot less bad. So we don't know what it's going to be, but we'll keep you updated as we find out more later this year. Um, so yeah, th- those were some of the main things. Now, uh do want to talk about the Yog saron event. So uh, we, I think we ended last time kind of guessing what was going to be the, the next Mercs event, I really, really thought we were going to get Finley. Like, I thought that, they, you know, they did two old gods in a row. The other two were obviously coming, but my logic was, I was thinking, well, they've got the new set coming up. If they want to get Finley out, it probably makes sense to do it before we get a new set where they're tying in new stuff and whatnot, and the Sunken City's kind of, you know, forgotten about a bit. Uh, because... I'm so sure we are going to get a Finley. And the fact that we had him as our, like, quest guide explorer person um, for some of the new bounties, that just, like, confirms it for me because that's what happened with Valira in the beginning. Valira was in the game in the beginning, but she wasn't a playable character, and she didn't show up in PvE, but she was kind of our guide through it, and then eventually we got her as a Merc. So I think Finley's still coming, but since we got Yogg, now I'm very confident it's going to be we get Yogg now, Next event, it's going to be C'Thun. And uh, I'm very cool with that. Like, Yogg is my favorite old god. And uh, he's just a really cool character. S-tier art. That diamond is incredible. And uh, I can't wait to get it. And the day we're recording this is actually the first day of the Yogg event. So by the time you're hearing this, it'll have been live for a few days. And a little weird thing I noticed yog you don't actually get the mercenary from task two it's from task three which i don't know why they did that it's kind of like strange because every other event has been task two and what that means is we, you don't actually get yog until the second day of the event um, assuming you're starting it on day one oh, like yeah it's just strange i don't really understand the reasoning behind this i think i thought it was always nice getting the merc on the first day of the event and they can throw them in the training rounds or whatever, or just start getting their tasks done on day one. I mean, waiting an extra day is not a big deal at all, but it's just, it's strange to, to see the event cadence change like that. And I think they also changed, uh, I think now the events start at a global release time. They, they've kind of changed this before. Uh, initially the event started on quest reset time. And that's when the new one for the day will roll over, but they changed it to where I think last event it was 10 a.m. in whatever time zone, so 10 a.m. for the EU servers, 10 a.m. for Asia in their respective times, and then 10 a.m. PST in NA. But now um, I saw O Guardian talking about this. Apparently, the release didn't go that way this time, and I think it released globally at the uh the north america time so 10 a.m pdt uh, which was a couple hours ago which it's not really like that big of a change just something kind of worth noting but the reset time should still be the same so the the new tasks will become available at your daily quest reset time and then that'll be happening the first five days and then after that you can just breeze through them all whenever so uh pretty excited about this uh what are you guys thinking about the event so far
1: i mean overall i think it's pretty good uh especially looking at all the tasks they do seem a lot easier so it seems like you can kind of go through it and even having other players come in who might not have as great of a collection it seems like it'll be easier to kind of get yogg through this and especially all the way through his diamond i think there was like one or two tasks that i saw that might be you know semi-hard but compared to some of the other events i think it's one of the easier ones mm-hmm. and um also yeah, kind of how you were saying, it is weird not having Yogg on day 1 for his event. So I don't know if that's something that maybe just like on accident they swapped a reward or something for that or they just decided we're going to move it to day 2, which I don't really know why. So that seems a little weird, but you know, Yogg is known for madness and random, so maybe they <laughs> want to put him on his well, second day for it. Yeah. yeah. So, but um yeah, even this first event I mean, I ran through the first two tasks in probably 15 minutes, I'd say, just real quick. So, very easy. And yeah, I think, I think everyone will enjoy it.
0: Definitely. Uh, what do you, what do, you, what about you, Malhu? What are you thinking about the Yogg event?
2: Um, no, I mean, I, I think it's cool that, honestly, I, I was thinking about whether or not Cthulhu was going to be on the fourth day. Now, for some reason, i on agree. and then Cthulhu on four. But I mean, it, to me, the fact that like gating it. Not being able to get out on the first day is like moving an ability with like, yeah, like a cooldown zero to a cooldown one where it feels that is like the biggest jump that you can almost take in terms of like changing when you can get access to Yog. I wouldn't be surprised if it is just kind of a like if you show up that first day, like you have to it kind of again, it gets you to continue to show up, right? Mm-hmm. Like it even if you show up on the first day, you hear about it, go, you can't get it yet, and then you do have to come back and, and keep going. Maybe it was maybe too many people were literally like finishing it just like getting the first part and then not doing any of the rest of them could be So they want to like get you to go further down the question a little bit more um because if you don't care about the diamond and are getting a negligible amount of coins like i know as a free-to-play person as a free-to-play pvp person if that's probably the best way to do it of just like do your two things the spend the least amount of time in pve possible it would just be two and stop so this breaks that barrier but that's all that i really keep thinking about it yaga's cool though
0: yeah It's, uh, I I think it's a good point. Like, I do think there were probably a decent, especially when some of the tasks were harder, there were probably a decent amount of people who just said, all right, I'm going to get my mercenary and then I'm peacing out. I I don't have access to these bounties or I don't have a team that can beat them, but I got the character. That's what I want. And I have seen that sentiment from some players uh, who are probably a bit more on the casual side or maybe more free to play focused. And uh, it makes sense. So even though I think it's kind of weird to to do that, I mean, I guess I can see the logic behind it. Uh, what about you, Frankie? The, uh, what are you thinking about YOG events so far?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I really like these events. Um, also, really like that everyone just gets a free missionary. so mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but I haven't looked into the tasks yet. But um, so, as experienced from the last um, events. Um, it's always really fun to just uh, do a few crazy uh, tasks and just have fun playing PVE. <laughs> yeah.
1: So
0: that's
3: it's that's not uh, the usual case.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice. Like I like that they make you yeah. do something like different and fun. Like I would never have a reason to go back to raw time or whatever it was normally because i don't need their coins and it's a low level bounty there's not really a purpose but i think this does breathe a little bit of life into content that wouldn't really normally see use after you've beaten it for the first time and cleared the heroic so i think that's a that's definitely a good thing to get a little bit more mileage out of some of the content and do it in a different way in a way that you normally wouldn't go about it so Yog event will be going on for uh, the next two weeks so Get him while you can, because he's looking pretty good. So I'm going to read through his uh, his skills here, and then I figured we could talk about him a little bit in terms of uh, PvP perspective. What do, what are we thinking about this character? Because uh, he has some really cool abilities. So let's take a look. Yog Saran legendary caster, old god. His max stats are 10 attack and 80 HP, so some pretty solid stats there. Abilities, so skill 1, Lunatic Gaze. The, all his abilities are Shadow, by the way. Speed 2, deal shadow. 15 damage to an enemy or restore 15 health to a friendly character. Randomly swap the speeds of their abilities. Then Mind Yoggle, speed 6, give a friendly character plus 5 attack this turn. They attack a random enemy. Old God's abilities refresh 1 for each attack so far this turn. Kind of interesting wording there, too. It's not just your attacks. That would also include enemy attacks. Uh, then, oh my Yog, Speed 15. Cooldown 15. The highest speed and the highest cooldown we've ever seen in the game. Randomly use five other abilities from mercs in play with random targets. That is the most Yog ability I've ever seen. <laughs> and then uh, his equipment. Piercing Gaze. Lunatic Gaze does an extra 5 damage, so that buffs it from 15 to 20 damage. Then we have Lash of Hysteria. Mind Yoggle gives an extra plus 5 attack, so that goes from 5 to 10. And then Awakening Roar, Battle Cry, Old God's abilities refresh 4. So we've seen a very common theme with the Old Gods where uh, they've just been kind of ramping up, right? Uh, Nizoth had uh, 5 cooldown. Then Yasharaj had 10. Now Yog's at 15. I mean, I'd be very surprised if Cthune wasn't 20 and one of the craziest abilities we'll ever see in Mercenaries at that kind of speed. But I love this thematically. So far, uh, Yasharaj's third ability has not really proven uh, to be able to like get it off in PvP, uh, but it's cool for PvE and maybe with Yogg, with that extra refresh 4, and as we get the other old god there could be something there Uh, the n'zoth has seen play a bit in the summons comp n'zoth like i thought it was really bad at first but now in like a dedicated summon comp it's actually like very usable sometimes and uh this one i think is going to be i think yogs is going to be pretty hard to pull off and even if you do it could backfire right because you're using you aren't you're using five random abilities with random targets, so you could hit your own guys, right? Like, there's a lot of potential for it to go wrong, but in terms of AoE stuff, you can't AoE your own board, so maybe if there are more AoE mercs out, you could. that's like a calculated risk, but I, from lo- looking at Yogg, the big thing that strikes me is that skill one, Lunatic Gaze, I think is incredibly powerful and is going to be probably the main reason you're running Yogg in comps you want to run him as it does something we've never seen before we've never seen a way to swap like basically target a character and swap up the speeds of their abilities and I really love how they didn't just make that a damage thing you can do it on your own guys and heal them like there's so much combo potential with this character and also conveniently being a blue and being pretty high damage and fast This is actually pretty good as some anti-Trigor technology. because you hit Trigor with this, their backlash is not going to be speed 1 anymore. So it's effectively kind of like slowing it like we do with Vol'jin. And that's been very powerful because a lot of times Trigor gets damage two turns and then he's gone. Well, if you get rid of that second turn of damage, Trigor's doing a lot less. So I really, really like this character um i think it's gonna be really interesting to see what they find their way into but i definitely expect them seeing play in shadow because as we were talking about a little bit before the show shadow is very very strong right now
1: yeah no i think overall all of his abilities are pretty cool and just like especially fits the theme of like yog with that Mm -hmm. last ability but yeah i think the first ability is going to be very strong and i mean You can use it in so many ways, just pure damage, uh, if there's a hero, like you said, Trigor, or like Volira, where you can just like mess up speeds for people, or even use it kind of like a Sky Admiral ability, and do two speed on, say, one of your characters that's going at like eight, ten speed, if that all of a sudden shoots down to like three, four, five, then that might go right away too, so imagine doing that like say like on diablo and hope you roll lucky or something and then it shoots oh, down yeah. and gets to go before so it's like you can use it a lot
2: of different way. ways
0: yeah diablo wouldn't yeah. work because all his are six one, triple but six i get right. what you're saying
2: but that oh there's wait probably that's, a character that is like a, wait, so all that's like 10 was, and two ones or whatever
1: yeah that, that's what i was wondering a little bit so if it's is it swapping the abilities with your other abilities the speed or is it randomly picking them all and giving them all a new number
0: I th- I think it's that's just swapping. I, kind of like swap. I think the the swap there means it's going to change from the three there, so it'll that, it'll like shuffle I thought,
1: it. But I saw I saw a couple of the people in Discord saying no, they thought it was completely random. Like all of your abilities are just like swapping speeds in a way, like they're all going a different number.
0: Yeah, I don't think they. So I think who, they would have worded that differently if okay. uh if it was going to work that way. I think the way they worded it, it's going to be it just shuffles like. Like Maev could be cool with this, right? Because you could get imprisoned down to five or three speed like or permanently, three. yeah, which would be pretty sweet. But yeah, I don't think I think if it was gonna randomize, it would say like randomize the speeds, not swap.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, but... that's that's also a pretty important feature of that ability. So um, we can go through all mercenaries available and uh, have a look at how strong would. Will- is york's ability on this one mercenary and uh, personally um you already mentioned uh, two of the strongest um mercenaries um for this ability um so the first one is you can really mess up Trigor. Mm-hmm. you can even mess up Trigor um turn one if you have wall so oh yeah because zero speed that's sick exactly so it's basically the Trigor counter or one really, really good Trigor counter. And the second one is Mayev, And I think uh, Maiev, um can really, really benefit from uh, Jok here. But uh, overall, um, I looked into um, many other mercenaries, but I think uh, this ability isn't that strong on most other mercenaries. It's a cool idea, but the really 3D shines with Trigon, I have.
0: Yeah, I think those are definitely the ones that shines the most. I one thing I really like about it though is also this is going to encourage some interesting gameplay variety. Like I think this is a very positive type of RNG to have for the game because yeah. if you're using this offensively, it could really change how your opponent has to play, or if it's getting used against you, how you have to play. Because you can't just rely on, oh, especially with a one button mercenary like Trigor or Valera or something, you can't just rely on pressing their button at the same speed that you normally do. And I think that's going to create for some interesting moments. So I think this is definitely a step in the right direction in terms of RNG I like seeing in the game uh, versus RNG where it feels like you don't have. Like it feels like it doesn't. It's going to change how things work in the game but it's not going to feel as bad as when local happens to hit your green five times with a, a juiced up hailstorm, right? Like <laughs> uh, I could see the look on Frankie's face. <laughs> he He's had that happen one too many times, uh, but we all have. So it, it's, it's nice seeing a, uh, I think honestly, most of the characters in the big drop, I think have been really good about that for the most part in terms of like not making RNG, decide the outcome of games so much while still giving some interesting variants to the game uh i do still wish we had a little bit less rng on reno because i think he's turned into a little bit of a one-button character because of the rng of his other abilities but he's still really good so like maybe that would push him a little bit over the edge hard to say um but yeah i'm really excited for yog and uh Obviously all shadow shadows really good right now. I will be honest, I didn't even like I didn't even think of the the fact that like speed 2 is already so fast. I wasn't even thinking about the volume reduction. So you can actually just get right under Trigor on turn 1. That's pretty insane. And you're hitting him for a lot. If you have that equipment, you're dealing you're critting 20 so you you're dealing 40 yeah. damage to Trigor at zero speed on turn 1. Like that's pretty insane. So maybe that will help out with Trigor a bit, because that is something else I wanted to uh, talk with you all about, is kind of uh, what are our feelings on balance and characters and whatnot, because it's no secret that I think many of us have been an advocate of nerfing some characters, and obviously nerfs have not been something we've traditionally really got much of in Mercenaries. Uh, The only one we ever really got that you can consider a major nerf was Varden, and even that was kind of a rework that left the character very playable. Which is good. I don't, I don't think nerfing a character to unplayability is a good thing. Like, I, I like that they clearly want characters to still be used and playable. And their philosophy, especially with the recent buffs and ones we might see in the future, their philosophy, for better or for worse, is more of if a character's a problem... They'd rather create new characters or buff old characters to try and deal with it rather than making that character just worse. And I think that's a little bit unsustainable in like the long term. Um, but for the time being, it seems to be going mostly okay. The three outliers, it's no secret to anyone who has played this game for a while, have been Trigor, Valera, and Lokalar. Those have been... The three, I think, that uncontested, they are the power outliers that have traditionally warped the the meta around them in one way or another. And the, the Yulon change, I think, was a really good step in the right direction of toning down, specifically, Valera. We finally have a good, consistent way to counter stealth, and it's shown. Valera has... she's still powerful, she's still played, but she's not... I don't think she feels quite as oppressive as she did before, and on top of that, we've also just had so many good Reds recently, like you can quickly kill Valyra on one with a sped up yashiraj they're they're just more good answers to Valyra now um and then Lokalar, I think they're also we've also been getting some more stuff to help with that as well, particularly the the minion summon comp with Cho just it deletes the Localar damage most of the time. Even Shadow summoning the two golems to take some hits for you. It it, it seems like Localar is still very, nice. very powerful, but he, he doesn't feel like he's mandatory in like every comp like he was for quite some time. Um, and then Trigor. So I think Trigor is still a bit more of a power outlier than I would like. I think he just does too much with Backlash. Like... I think, and by the time this goes up, I'll have put out a little video talking about Trigor a bit. He's not totally oppressing the meta right now, um, but I do think he is constraining a lot of other strategies that maybe they're not tier one, like absolute top of tier one, but I think there are a lot of tier two or tier three comps that could see more play, especially as like dedicated counters that right now are just being held back by Trigor because he just punishes so many things. And the big reason for that is there's no payoff, or there's no uh, trade-off, rather, with Trigor to use him offensively or defensively. He's used defensively by default, right? But he also is used offensively on anything you're swinging in with. And I think that's just a bit too powerful of an ability like you should have to have some kind of trade-off there where you can use trigor defensively so your opponents have to focus him or they're going to take a bunch of damage or you could use him um or defensively rather and then or you could use him offensively but you shouldn't be able to do both um and yeah at one speed and I also really, really hate that. And I'm sure this is like a timing thing too, so I don't really know how easily they can adjust this, but they've done something like it with uh, Brucon Lightning, uh, the Chain Lightning before. Don't make it so when he dies to an AoE, he gets to trigger off the other things taking damage. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. Like, it also is really hampering, like, I feel like that would be a great weakness is if you could just hit everything and kill him but now, even when you're doing that, you're taking crazy residual damage, and so, he's really, right now, I'm really enjoying the metagame for the most part. He's the only character I think they should really change, and the simplest way to do it, either you make it so there's a limited amount of hits on Trigor, I think with two would be fine, three if you want to beat the Matic, but I think three is still maybe too strong, Um, but two hits, so you could use them offensively or defensively, but after that second backlash proc it's not proccing again that turn or, even more simply just don't let it trigger on residual damage from swinging in your opponent shouldn't be able to dictate where the trigor damage is going just because you're taking 5 damage from punching something Like it seems kind of silly to me uh, so those Best. are yeah my thoughts uh, I'm curious what you guys think about uh, trigor <laughs>
3: There's uh, one more change that I really like um, Mm -hmm. for Trigor, and um, just give the second ability one cooldown. Yeah. So Trigor instantly becomes uh, not a one-button mercenary. And uh, he's not that great on turn one. Maybe you can use him on bench and then Mm -hmm. do some crazy shenanigans. Um, But yeah, one cooldown for such a strong ability seems all right.
0: Yeah, I think that seems very reasonable, especially just because he gets such crazy attack. The fact that, like, you're keeping that attack, he just gets out of control with that burst damage, so you have to respect it, or your stuff's just going to get blown up. So I, I also really like that idea as a possible change.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing, that would, even without really changing his abilities, is what you said is, like, when he dies, it doesn't keep staying alive just to do his damage. Like, um, even if just aoe's and like rolling over damage like with elise now where the boulder can roll or even like a long you shoot him crit for a bunch of rollover and then oh he hits your long so then it's just like you know it's kind of hoping that you just don't actually overkill him sometimes or on aoe's like say i know like volgen one speed with his aoe sometimes you can lose the game just if you lose that one flip because then volgen hits the whole enemy team and then he kills your volgen when he dies. Mm-hmm. so I feel like that should definitely just be a change that should just happen So, and I know that we have talked about it a little bit on stream and also with um, someone working on Mercenaries so, and they said they would look into it so hopefully that does actually end up getting changed
0: yeah, uh, that would be a great change I think even if they didn't nerf him which I think he does still deserve it even if that was changed it would just it would open a lot more viable strategies to where he just feels too punishing. He, he punishes so many things in the current form that it even if there's stuff to counter him, you end up being kind of limited in what can be used to counter him. And then you end up in kind of a rock, paper, scissors situation. And like, it's better than the only tier one decks being Trigor. But if you enjoy, you know, ver- uh, variety and Experimenting with different comps, I think toning Trigor down a bit would really go a long way in towards uh, opening the meta and letting some of these other characters who haven't really gotten their time to shine do a bit better.
2: Yeah, and I think Yogg, honestly, I until Frankie really mentioned it, I don't think I certainly didn't notice, and I think a lot of people didn't even think about the fact that Yogg might be like how they released local R for Valira, and then they hit us with again a response to that, like this does. Happened to trend to fit the, everyone's complaining about that red guy. Here's a blue guy that beats up on that red guy. That doesn't really seem like a coincidence. Maybe we're starting to toe the line of learning that mercs are almost being designed or tweaked for whatever meta they're being released into. Almost not on paper, but specifically as a response to the environment, which maybe that even influenced the fact that it was Finley versus Yogg. Obviously, the, the, the ideas continue to flow, but... I think the overkill thing should definitely be fixed and maybe Yogg is enough to to cut out the Trigor. I think it's unfortunate that people kept playing it because it is just too much damage. I think I like the one cooldown change onto Backlash. Um, maybe that just guts it entirely, but now it's a cool bench card again. So I don't know, but uh, I think waiting to see what Yogg does is a pretty reasonable expectation uh, or like a, a minimum for now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think we're not going to see any major changes to any characters before the uh, 24.0 patch. Uh, I would be really, really surprised if any uh, characters were changed before that because uh, that should be the next major patch. and We do have a time frame for that. So if we look at the, the handy-dandy calculator, or calendar, not calculator. Uh, so August 2nd is a Tuesday. That's when the expansion drops for regular Hearthstone. Traditionally, they release the... Uh, .0 0 patch a week before that, before the expansion, just in case any bugs or they just like getting it out beforehand. We saw that with the uh, 23.0 patch that got the Trigor buffs and all the other stuff. So I think it'd be reasonable to expect uh, in just under a month. So July 26th looks like is a Tuesday. uh, I think that's when we will get the 0. .0 patch and any possible balance changes. Uh, for Mercenaries characters, I think we'll find their way in there. I think buffs are likely. Uh, talked a little bit with one of the developers on Twitter about uh, Onyxia specifically. And uh, we learned that apparently Anixia was really, really strong in testing. Because I, I think she used to have just bigger damage potential with the AoE or scaling up the fire or something. And that eventually got changed before she made it to live. But that was kind of the reason her health was so low. because She's like one of the lowest HP mercs in the game 65. next to Leroy. 65, 70 if she's maxed. That's nothing, especially for a blue uh, in a world where Valyra exists. So I, I think it is uh, pretty likely we'll see a HP buff on uh, on Anixia. for one. I really hope we see more buffs on some of the launch mercenaries. I think in general, buffs are a really good thing. I want more of my launch mercenaries to be playable that's like a net positive for the game if it's almost like adding a new character in a way like remember when Tyranda got buffed like that was basically adding a new character to mercenaries and she's had a huge impact on the meta and still sees play in some very powerful comps so
2: from too even
0: yeah, and even though Grom is kind of on vacation for now, hasn't been showing up a whole lot recently. It is duty. Yeah, he duty. Yeah, he was one of the core, most powerful mercenaries, BFFs with Valera for the longest time. And eventually now he's not seeing quite as much play, but it's not really because he's a bad character. I think the the meta just doesn't really suit him or it's not really in favor of him right now. But I would love to see more characters kind of just get pushed up a bit. Obviously, you have to be careful with stuff like that, as we've learned from Trigor, right? Like, I don't want another Trigor, please. <laughs> and, like, it. yep, go ahead.
3: There's, there's one problem with uh, buffing all Mercenaries. So well, for me personally, mm-hmm. um, when I started playing Mercenaries and launch, uh, we had a pretty slow meta. So mm-hmm. um, every comp that could kill one Merc in turn one Would be hyper aggressive. Yep. So usually you would start killing mercenaries turn two, three, four, and then you will slowly get a Karen or Diablo from bench, Mm -hmm. prepare your one turn where you could kill maybe two mercenaries in one turn. And that would be, wow, that would be a combo deck. Mm -hmm. But right now, currently, it's not that uncommon to kill three mercenaries in turn one. And that is like complete 180 shift um, from from the meta we can't get um, so mercenaries can't get better in dealing damage than currently because if so we would kill every time three mercenaries or so we should so my opinion we should tune down the power level to to keep the um, matches uh, more
0: balanced yeah that's a good topic to talk about too um and it kind of segues into meta discussion and whatnot which is going to be kind of our main second topic here for the show uh yeah i think and i've noticed this personally in creating content because i've just noticed the games are faster like like i used to do three or four games and the length of those games would be longer now the length is shorter because, like you said, there are comps that can kill one, two, in some instances, all three mercenaries on turn one. And I think one way that uh, this can kind of be dealt with... I'm not against a an overall powering down. I think that would have to happen across the board, though. I think they would have to adjust a fair amount of characters. And I think that's something they probably will have to do at some point in the future... I don't think it's going to happen soon, but I do think at some point they're going to run into an issue of you can only power creep so much before, like, it's not possible to do more than full wipe your opponent's lead, right? <laughs> like, there's nothing greater than doing that um, because they're on the bench. You can't interact with them. um, And I do think it is better to not have every comp be so hyper-aggressive because then it becomes who... And just kill the opponent's stuff first as fast as possible like we saw with Valera and I don't think that leads for quite as engaging gameplay when every comp is trying to do that um I this is one reason I really really liked the yulon buff however as I think yulon the yulon buff not only was a, a counter to Valera shenanigans but I think it's one of the the first buffs we've seen that's really been in favor of a more slow sustain archetype and i think that's what we need to see more of um mercenaries throughout its history we really haven't had many many metagames where uh control or like slower style decks have really been on top or even super prevalent it's happened a few times like at launch uh favorite old comp ma'am mouth anduin muckla with the big scaling and the healing um the dragon meta was i think really the only major control meta we've seen in mercenaries where like those dragon on dragon mirrors were insane and that was before we had fatigue those are the longest games i've ever played in mercenaries as if you ran into a dragon mirror and there was interesting decision making and it was really cool um but i think they could definitely strike a better balance of I think we just have a lot of hyper-aggressive stuff right now. I mean, I think Yashiraj is kind of the poster child for that, right? Especially deleting the old meta-tyrant of uh, Valera, Trigor, Nefarian. Boom, Valera's dead on one. Boom, uh, Nefarian's dead on turn one. And then Trigor is effectively dead. Uh, Like, that's pretty insane that you can just... And the problem with this is you cannot play the vast majority of... Green characters as an open right now because you just get destroyed. Like the the bar for leading with a green and mercenaries is very very high right now, and there's really only a handful that can do it. Uh, you got Valera, and then you have characters that they don't really care if they die as long as they serve their function. So like Tyrion, you want Tyrion to die for the buff. Uh, Elise, if you get the character buff with Elise and she dies, you're still pretty happy a lot of the time. So, But it's a really, really high bar to clear because of that hyper-aggression. And I would love to see more mercs that give us ways to slow that down and give us some more sustain. And I think that can create a nice like ebb and flow in the meta and create more variety in strategies and just more variety in the game-to-game gameplay. So I think that is a good point to bring up because we definitely have been trending in a hyper aggression territory for a while um and it's all because there's nothing more powerful in mercenaries than denying your opponent an action right you have typically three characters three actions a turn that's why cookie snipe was so good in the beginning because not only were you killing a character denying their action you were gaining plus 45 health across your characters total like that's a huge swing so I think I would really like to see more characters like Elon after the buffs where we have a bit more ways to combat hyper-aggressive strategies. And it should make for a more interesting metagame.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really like having a meta where you're not just full wiping the whole board turn one. I think the games are just more engaging when it is slower and you're thinking Throughout your turn, instead of, oh, hey, I press these three buttons every time I go in and I just kill their board every time. Mm-hmm. So, like, having to actually have those decisions where, hey, I've been at this board state for like three turns now. It's kind of like a really important turn. Do I want to try and fix them out? Do this ability? Am I going to go for like skill three, two, you know? So, it's kind of more engaging when you have all of that versus just wiping the board. That's like one of my favorite comps that I've actually had pretty good. I'm sex with right now has been the dragons where it's long uh, Yulon and brightwing opener and it's actually a very hard opener to kill and what you do is you just buff your backline of Illidan, Sneed, and Sinestra and even though you're not doing too much damage right away you just have so much sustain with your dragons that they actually most of the time I never get turn one killed with anything even against other Vleera comps. Um, just because it's so strong with dragon reduction and all the health that you're getting. So then you just kind of hold on that, get a bunch of buffs off of Brightwing, and then if Sinestra comes in, you can even buff her HP up more with Long and Yulon on the same turn with the dragon equipment swap. And it's kind of like a slow game that you're playing. But then at the very end, once you kind of like set everything up, your Illidan comes in, your Sneed comes in, Or your Sinester just has so much HP that nothing can kill her, basically, in the game. Like, I've gone to fatigue, I think, a total of, like, 20-something times with that deck, (laughs) which is over 10 rounds in some games, just because it's kind of that long play, and you're kind of playing with your opponent of swaps and kind of, like, keeping your own mercs alive and just, like, super buffing your backline. So I've really liked that type of style of game, even though, you know, the games go on a lot longer. I just find it's more engaging and fun to play that and, like, thinking uh, kind of against your opponent figuring out, like, what steps to do on what turns.
0: Yeah, the classic control style, right? Like, uh, the Hearthstone, Magic, whatever game uh, you want to name, like, that. that's more of a kind of control player's uh, play style is you're reacting to your opponent. And uh, there have been... Th- the dragons, in general, have been coming back a bit. I've, I've ran into it a bit on NA, and we do have some stats on it, and the stats are looking pretty decent. And they're actually bringing back the heal equipment on Nefarian, because you do end up having that dragon summon die quite a bit. And against some comps, it is really, really hard to break through the, the healing. And then now with Yulon, with getting the health every turn, it's, it's rather difficult to break through them. And your math becomes a lot more complicated because you have to be accounting for, oh, are they going to get 10 HP from this character dying? And then the 15 HP from the Ulan or the damage reduction from the Ulan. And so it's really, I I really like those games because they're a lot more thought provoking and whatnot. So I think that's just another great argument in favor of why more control-y strategies should exist. And now we even have kind of a fail-safe against the games going too long, right, and fatigue. So I don't think they have to worry about, you know, oh, the like in standard, the control warrior meta, where you run into these control mirrors that go longer than they want the game to go. Well, now we have fatigue. So after those 10 turns, it's uh, it speeds up quite a bit a lot of the time. Um, I do wish we had a better way to tell when we're about to enter fatigue. We do get a little pop-up when it happens, but specifically with Sinestra, whose ability goes off at end of turn... If you are on turn 10 and her thing goes off end of turn, it's technically happening after turn 10, so it blows up for uh, fatigue damage. So you're critting things that you wouldn't crit and you're doing quadruple to things that you would. And unless you're like physically counting it, uh, because the deck tracker doesn't tell you either, sometimes that can take you by surprise. So I would like if there was a way they could uh, just make it a little bit more clear what turn we're on. Um, and whatnot. I think that would be kind of helpful. Also helpful for cooldowns and stuff, right? Like, that one's not quite as relevant, but, like, you know, it can be useful, especially with these old gods with their really high cooldown abilities. Like, I'd like to know, oh, hey, I'm on turn five, so this has five less cooldown, right? Um, I think that would be kind of a cool minor addition that would be, but specifically for the Sinestra thing, because sometimes it's annoying when you're like, all right, I'll live this sinester hit, and then it's like, oh, surprise, it's Fatigue. The Fatigue thing pops up as the, the AoE's hitting you. And it's like, ah, damn. Like Even if they just added it to Deck Tracker, I'd be happy with that. Uh, just something to give us a little bit of notice in that regard uh, would be really great.
2: I was going to say, I think the fa- adding Fatigue like fatigue even in regular hearthstone isn't a game state that you're kind of expected or even wanted to go to in that Mm -hmm. sense and so the fact that fatigue is kind of suddenly this spiky ceiling that has been put on mercenaries at 10 turns that really on a certain level does disincentivize control decks right like 10 turns is not that insane and when it's again it's a state it's not like a new phase of the game it's Truly, like, no one wants to be here. Like, you weren't planning... (laughs) Uh, Again, you can plan to get there, and, like, maybe Wizard Beast has, like, a spicy deck that pushing your opponents to fatigue on purpose is, like, the point. I think decks like that can exist and should exist and are cool, but I think we're also even maybe getting a little biased as... Because, like you were saying, it's hard to count how many turns are going. I would love to look at the numbers of, like, even if you're getting just, like, full triple killed on turn one, what is still the average turn of those games? Because I think a lot of the times they can go long, and... Are we just forgetting that, like, yeah, if you're a fire and you come up against grass, you triple kill them. That <laughs> should that happen, right? Should that be when and why those triple kills are happening? Because I think in that rock, paper, scissors world, yes. But what we're feeling that sucks is when you are just blindly. It's not because you had a type advantage and you triple killed them, right? It's because Trigord went ballistic, did 80 damage, and you all died. It didn't matter what color you were. Didn't matter why you were here. It didn't matter what your opener was, but you're just getting like full RNG swept or something that feels bad. But if it was a type advantage and it kind of made sense, I think we would like it more, but there are so many weird things to keep track of like that, that again, are just getting in the way of us parsing power level, I think, but it is still scary to just blindly lose everything. And we don't want that, but control 10 turns. Isn't that many turns at the end of the day? So we'll see
0: yeah but it is long i think in at least in my experience with like playing the game most of my games do not make it to turn 10 fatigue is definitely a uh an outlier right now and i'm curious what past metas would have looked like like would that have changed some things i think it would have 100% changed stuff with the dragon meta because those were getting to turn 10 um but before that i I don't really know if we've really had because like Frankie mentioned, there's just been so much hyper aggression throughout the history of the mode uh I don't I don't think most of the time we've had uh metas that actually get to that point. I think usually by the time you're getting close to turn ten, the game is over, not been over for a while
2: um I mean, ma'am obviously again is is the other yeah. one, probably yep,
0: um, that was definitely one of the outliers from before, and I think we can get back to a point where those games happen a bit more often. I think that would be a positive thing. You don't want it to be every game getting to fatigue uh, because I think they're, uh, like in regular card games, they're going to be players who enjoy both playstyles. styles. They are people who want to jam fast games and climb quickly, or the aggro players, and then there are people who want to jam those slower games, whether it's control or maybe some weird combo stuff. Uh, I think combo in Mercenaries has kind of uh, been... intertwined with the hyper aggro stuff for the most part it's if you're doing a combo you're trying to do that combo quickly and doing a lot of damage with it um so it's been kind of uh that's also i think what's been pushing the the hyper aggro a bit too uh but it's it's definitely pretty interesting to like think about and look at the the history of the game and because we've all played since launch so we've seen a ton of different metas and how things have progressed and I definitely would like to see more characters that incentivize going a little bit slower or being a bit more defensive, because I think most of the characters we've gotten, not too many of them really have focused on defensive capabilities. We haven't gotten another Cornelius, right?
2: I mean we had like New Zhao and like honestly, I think a lot of them just tend to not be good is yeah. kind of the problem. <laughs> like the defensive ones are either not strong enough, like even like Uther for like kind of another like weird example of like mm-hmm. they gave it if you start wasting, quote unquote wasting kit on defensive abilities, the bar for what is good defensively feels, at least on paper or without thinking super hard about it, higher than the bar yeah. for what has to be good offensively. And you can't just like increase the like bigger number better person with damage works but you can't just have like more divine shields or you can't have more better taunt. you can't have like sure it can last for longer but like can it heal if you're healing for a hundred like I, is that even good enough like i don't know like so it's it's crazy to think that a lot of the times i think that the defensive the purely defensive characters tend to not make the cut other than a very specific kind of deck but like we said, we haven't really seen a true build around me controller combo deck with somebody who is meant to go the entire distance. That doesn't really exist yet. Yeah,
3: and um, you you, know, you have a totally valid point here, Malou. So I also think that there's a fundamental um problem or design problem in mercenaries with defensive strategies. So let's say you want. To, to, to build a comp around heal, um, you need to take damage before you okay. can heal. And uh, currently the health of mercenaries are more or less binary. Either you're full or you're dead. And uh, so you, you can't really heal or you... So yeah, divine shield is good, but just for one hit. So as an aggressive player, you can also play around that, and uh, even if you, let's say, are thinking about okay, what mercenaries do I want to put in my comp? Do I want to put a mercenary, let's say Ufer, that uh, can heal for 20 and maybe give a taunt, or I put a mercenary in my comp, let's say Trigor, that deals 100, 150 damage on turn one. So your defensive abilities needs to be so good it's not possible to have such a good defensive ability.
0: Yeah. That's that's a really good point, especially about the 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 fact that healing is really limited because like healing on turn one isn't doing anything a lot of the time. Cause like you said you're either taking so much damage, you're either dead or basically dead, and then that healing isn't really saving you. Or if your healing's faster You're doing nothing unless there's like a secondary effect, like with Uther giving taunt. But like, it's just the bar is much much higher for uh, defensive abilities to be useful because of that kind of limitation. Uh, I I am kind of curious what would happen if they allowed for some kind of overhealing. I don't even think that would be enough with like current abilities because again, probably get someone that does. It would help. It would definitely help. One person that lets your team
2: suddenly do it like a cool oh yeah holy, like a specific like merc or something Lord, yeah.
0: yeah that would be really it- cool holy could use some more support to go with their other new units that are cool but aren't seeing a ton of play right now uh because reds are so powerful but i think we've seen kind of like an interesting shift right like when the game launched casters were the op thing and then you had like a handful of characters that went well with them uh, Samuro really sticks out as being one of those but like casters were OP at launch like we had like four sometimes even like five caster comps like casters were crazy at launch and then Valera came around And that kind of ushered in way more fighters and, to a lesser extent, protectors with, like, Grom and Thrall because you got the speed manipulation, you had a way of killing casters quickly with Valera that could get around taunt and whatnot. That's another reason why I think uh, defensive hasn't been quite as good is because there are characters that just say, I'm going to ignore whatever defensive thing you're doing. Like, and Valera's probably the best at that. Like, the fact that she can just say, taunt doesn't matter. I, your character has the lowest HP, that's where I'm going. And we've seen there are ways to counteract that a little bit, like now with like the Kazakh's golems and some of the summons, it can make Valera not really as easily target what she wants, but again, I think that's just kind of another reinforcement of the bar needs to be so much higher for defensive abilities, and so far we just haven't gotten very many characters that have abilities That are powerful enough. And I think it's also because it's kind of hard to design characters. Like, you have to create such strong defensive abilities. And that's a fine line to walk, right? Because if you make it too strong, I guarantee you that defensive character is going to show up in a hyper offensive build to defend your offensive characters. So, even in that situation, it might not even fully fix the problem. So, I think that's definitely something they'll have to consider more for the long term because i do think it would benefit them and the players a lot having more variety and stuff like this but i think it is a very challenging problem to solve um and i think honestly one of their best directions is something
2: along the lines of like like we were kind of talking about like like Divine Shield is kind of a better slash best or kind of most competitively viable defensive option where it's essentially like counter spell to a degree where it can just stop your ability outright or you can play around it and do some stuff. So I honestly think that some of their best defensive directions are kind of already built into the game in a forms of Divine Shields or even like we get to a world where the the bonus, whatever we can do with like custom additions to our mercenaries, they were saying with the PVE mode. We might be able to get kind of almost like targeted resistances that you could put onto like pay to add five nature resist to your something or whatever. And you like lock in that is a spec of this guy, something like that. Um, but like spell shields, right? We have divine shields. You could do a blue one that just blocks any ability. The first time it hits it, you could do an armor or like attack based one as well. I think that's like the full kind of all or nothing blocks that you can play around or have the strategy in them as the best way to go down a defensive path in the future. Um, better healing is like you said either falls completely flat or is good enough and to an extreme or shielding goes ballistic or it's unplayable so yeah i think there are some really cool tools and i would want to see something like start of game effects where you get to pick something like somebody gets a divine shield but you get to choose before the game even starts after you load in there, there's a bunch of stuff that we can do and we'll almost certainly see because yeah offense is king right now
0: yeah there's a lot of space for them to explore, right? Like, I think that's something I've been really happy about this year. I feel like they've been exploring a lot of really interesting and fun design space with these new characters, and so it makes me really excited for the next big drop we're going to have later on in the year. Because, uh, I mean, I was I did not uh, make it a secret that I was very skeptical about the the change in release cadence being a good thing or not, because. Um, Part of one of the things I loved about mercenaries was I loved how the meta kept changing every month, but at the same time, it really wasn't sustainable for I think a majority of the player base. I think like i I was an outlier, and some of our like hardcore grinder friends were're were outliers. like most people cannot put in that amount of time in a month, and it was such a feel bad thing where you there's a cool new comp and people wanted to play it and by the time they actually got their characters to a playable point then there'd be new mercenaries and then everything would change and it was great for those of us who'd been playing with the mercenaries since like the first week and we've had like two or three weeks with it but a lot of the people especially with how slow grinding used to be before some of the good changes a lot of the the, the people playing could not keep up with that realistically um and even as someone who's doing it like full time i had trouble keeping up with it sometimes so I think that change is huge in terms of just making it a better experience for the majority of players, which you want if you want to bring in more new players. And on top of that, the the packs, right? Packs have been really bad for a really long time, and this change also kind of made packs better without actually tweaking anything with them, because there are so many more characters you need when there are only four or five new characters out of, even at launch, right, when we had, what, like, 50-ish mercenaries, that was only 10% of the characters added, right? That That's not really a lot. And then as more got added, that percentage got smaller and smaller. And now it's a huge difference. Like, what, we got, like, just under 20 mercenaries? I think it was, like, 18 or something. Um, That's huge. Like, that was when we had, I think, like, about 70 characters in the game. So, like, that's, like, a third new characters relative to the whole pool that made packs way better. And I tested it because I opened a lot of packs I had saved up and it just felt better. I think the math came out and I did a pretty large sample size. So over 300 packs at least. And the way I counted it was if at least one thing was useful to me in the pack, whether that be a merc, uh, a skin or coins I needed for an unmaxed merc, Basically, two, third, two out of three packs had good stuff. And I can tell you, before when a new drop would happen, I would be lucky if it was like one out of ten or something. Yeah. It it really is a night and day difference. And that's coming from someone who has most of the previous characters maxed. A lot of people aren't in that position. So for them, the packs are going to be even better. So it it's, I think... They really have done a good thing with this change and the fact that we are still getting stuff in between. It's not like, all right, here's all the Merc stuff. Now wait another four months before you get anything. We're still getting events. We're still getting some of these balance changes and whatnot. Like, I think so far it's really been pretty successful in terms of doing something positive for the mode and the players.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, overall, I really like this new drop. and kind of how you said the same thing for your packs i opened 150 and i kind of did the same but for my packs i counted a good pack if if it had anything for just any of the new mercenaries that came out Mm -hmm. and 120 of them had something for new mercenaries so i only had 30 packs that had all old mercenaries so i having this like huge drop come out it's definitely made packs a lot better because i mean You know, we're getting everything with now coin exchange and kind of the coin fix. So I think the only thing kind of left on the table would be, you know, a little bit better on packs, which they're kind of hitting there with the bigger drop. But it would be nice if they just finally put in a pity timer or something, something like that, you know?
0: Yeah, just for like a legendary like they have in standard, like a consistent pity timer. So people aren't wondering, am I going to get this new legendary in 10 packs or 60? Because there's a lot of variance there. I've talked with tons of different people in the community about it. And uh, I'm sure, like, large, large scale, it'll average out. But that doesn't really fix the issue of how it feels for the players. And I think having something a bit more consistent with the legendaries would be a positive thing. Also, please, for the love of God, get rid of rolling a 100 coins for a legendary portrait. That shit is so fucking stupid, and it is so triggering as someone who really enjoys the portraits and tries to collect a lot of them. Like, if there's one thing that makes me stop opening packs instantly, it's when I see that 100 Sylvanas coins and I have all her skins or something. Like, just give me a skin for someone else. I get that's how it doesn't currently work. It can't be that hard to change, and I guarantee you, you would get people wailing out even harder if they knew... When they hit that roll on a skin, they don't have to worry about the fact that it could be a character they have them all for and we get useless coins. Like even when coins have a use, that's still going to feel kind of bad because you can't use your excess coins to get a skin currently. So I I think that's really, really a big one because that is the biggest thing making me not put money on regular packs and mercenaries. That's why I save my packs till the new drop and they're more valuable. Because that gives me a better odds at skins, which is something I'm really going for, Uh, especially as someone who maxes out all the mercenaries. Like, I don't need the coins at a point. I just want the skins. So I wait for that weekly bundle and I'll see if it's something I want. And because that's just so much better odds and better pricing compared to trying to get what you want out of packs. It's just not worth it in packs. And that's a change I'd really like to see.
1: Yeah, and I think even just, like we kind of said, adding Pity Timer would just, in a way, help that, because you'd probably be getting more of the Legendaries, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't even have to do, I would say, like, the rigor Pity Timer. I would say, like, 30 packs, I think, would be even fine with Mercenaries, because you're getting three packs for free off of every Merc. Mm-hmm. And that's just, as of right now, if they extend the task system even more, you know, maybe they get more packs. Because already, I already have uh, 96 packs saved up, since, and I opened all my packs from the last drop. And I still have a lot more tasks to do.
0: Yeah. So, so save yeah. your packs, people. Uh, if you, that's, that's some of the best advice I think uh, you can get is you have all the rares. If you have all or most of the epics, start saving those packs. Like you will eventually get enough coins to craft legendaries by playing the game, especially if you're someone who actually is more into the PVE. I think it's fine. Like, like that's a fine way, especially free to play. Like, That's a fine way to approach it. Um, And I get some questions like, hey, is it worth crafting X legendary? And right now my answer is almost always yes, because it will take you a bit longer to max that character, no doubt, right? But if you're missing, let's say, 10 or 15 legendaries and there's one you really want, like the odds of you getting that character anytime soon are really low. So if you have the coins, just do it. Right now, we can't even use the extra coins, so you're eventually going to hit max and not be able to do anything with that extra 500 coins, so you might as well use it. Now, it's a little different if you're like a dedicated PvP person and you don't mind spending a little bit of money on the game, then I would say, yeah, save those coins to level them up as fast as possible, but I think for like the majority of people, it's fine to just craft the legendary like i know it feels bad using 500 coins and it's gonna take a bit longer but especially if you're missing multiple legendaries and let's say some of those legendaries aren't very good or even let's say you have a lot of coins for jaraxxus but you don't have jaraxxus yet if you craft jaraxxus and you're not planning on using him your odds of getting something better from the legendary role in a pack are now higher so that's
2: what I was gonna reiterate is mm-hmm. like that. If anything, that's the extra free step to do. Like if you're wondering about crafting anybody, if you have a merc that you almost or almost positive you're not gonna play, then just craft it so that you can get. Then think about the second question of like, should mm-hmm. you craft the one that you want almost
0: exactly? Like if you already have the coins sitting there, especially for if it'll increase your odds to get a legendary you want more, just do it. Like I think that's really uh. A way to do it and i do think eventually we're going to see them expand the task system um they talked about it actually before how basically when they they changed and improved tasks they said they had another change or something coming later on in the year that they haven't talked about since and uh i think personally i would not be surprised if we got more tasks added in some way uh I know something I think would be really cool is if they added, like, you know, we we know task 19 uh, existed. It There was, like, a bugged way to get task 19 for a while. It didn't say anything, and you couldn't complete it, but it was there. So we know, like, they've toyed around with that, and I think it would be cool to add something like that and maybe make the ones after 18 harder or something like that, but make them better rewards or more interesting rewards or not just coins or something like that. Um, like there's a lot more they can do with the task system than uh, they could. So have.
3: I'm pretty sure um, Blizzard uh, said on launch that uh, they're going to implement tasks 19 and 20 as soon as the legendary mode um, will be released.
0: Oh, okay. So like the end game probably, or if that's tied into mm-hmm. that, that would make a lot of sense. So maybe that's when we'll see more of the because uh... I remember uh, I'm sure you all remember this too. At some point there was someone who showed it on like Discord or Reddit or something where they're like, yeah, I have task 19 and it doesn't say anything and I can't complete it, but it's here. <laughs> so we know it's there lurking around in the game files and we saw a bunch of stuff do that before it came into the game. Like the the training grounds, for example, was data mined long, long before it ever came into the game. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do with that, but that's that's a good thing to mention, Frankie. I forgot. I think they did, yeah. Mention very very early on that like more stuff like that was coming uh, once we get like the end game and stuff. And I really hope they do like what they're saying, and you know they take that bit of extra time to get it right and launch because I would love to have a good reason to have fun in PVE. Like right now, the PVE is kind of mindless and boring to me. For the most part i mean and that can be fine in its own respect like I, I i enjoy doing it while i'm watching some netflix show or something like that like it there there can be something to be said for just some casual mindless pressing buttons and watching things explode and that appeals to people but i would love if there was a more deep mode kind of uh the the comparison they made at the beginning that they never should have made uh was to slay the spire right Slay the Spire is a really awesome roguelike game. And I would love if Mercenaries kind of leaned on gameplay like that more where you had to think about these turns more and your decisions really mattered and the treasures were important. And because right now, speed is the name of the game because you want to get your coins as fast as possible. I turn my brain off and I try and go as quickly as possible so I get my coins fast. But I would love if there was more challenge to it. And not just in a way where it's, like, artificially difficult, like maybe, like, Drek'thar was or something. Something where you your decisions mattered kind of more like they do in PvP. So hopefully that's something we can see more out of the end game because I think a lot of players would like that, and I think that would bring a lot of new people into the mode if there was that more depth and, like, high replayability in PvE like we see in some of these other roguelike games that are very popular. Like, people really wanted mercenaries to be more like slay the spire i think for pve and that's why they should never have said that because it set up expectations entirely incorrectly for what it is that we got it could be
2: that that alpha that alpha launch though you never know Mm -hmm. and and honestly like when you think about mercenaries having like actually every other game mode even like the fact that battlegrounds has like play cards from hand Mm -hmm. elements to it just like standard does just like duels, etc. all of the modes in Hearthstone essentially do. In Mercenaries, it is not very different. We already literally have the, like, drag from hand implemented into the game. I would not be surprised if the thing that is kind of necessary to push everything in a unified direction like that, which also could increase the skill ceiling and complexity and skill expression out the wazoo is yeah, like just spells from hand. Whether or not they're generated from a battle cry or whatever, you hold onto them. You get weird ones in PVE. Literally, you can do whatever you want from with PVE ones or you play it from hand. Now you have to sequence them in the right way. You have the like magic style, like stack up mana, cast a spell, storm, mm-hmm. get another one and then do your abilities. Or that's how you apply a divine shield at the start of a game onto someone based on your matchup and now that's where the, like the true defensive skills in pvp go back and forth again do you have a hero power in a different way that lets you do that instead lots of ways yeah. to solve these problems it's what we've been saying since the very 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 beginning is we saw this we saw what the future can be and we said not only is this sick if we do it but it's doable so it's yeah. just a matter of which one they pick
0: that's a great way of uh of putting it like uh, there's a ton of potential what they can do with the pve and i think those are awesome like great ideas another thing that could add a lot i think and we did see some experimentation with this with one of the recent pve fights adding a bench to pve for like the enemies making it Mm -hmm. so it's not all just one line of enemies you oh you, you know what they're gonna do you see what they are and you can account for that what if you had to account for Oh, they have, you know, they're a whole red lead, but they have a lot of blues that are going to come in when I kill their guys. Even something as simple as that can really add a lot of interesting depth to the the mode. And the tools are there, right? Like, like there's, we've seen what can be done with Hearthstone, like Mulhu said, like with duels and arena and, and Battlegrounds. Like they've added, they've really upped the complexity of what they can do in the game. Like I, I'm not a Battlegrounds person. I loved the, uh, the nagas adding that kind of spell in hand type of thing i thought that was so much fun and i played a bunch even of battlegrounds tickets, like, yeah like
2: the entire game mm-hmm. right now you can just have the game as a you don't even have to pick a tribe that does it it just everybody has spells and hands now like that's a thing in battlegrounds you can totally implement that in a, into mercenaries.
0: yeah i and i never even considered something like that so that's a really cool idea if you're listening developers so <laughs> take that one that that's i really like that that could add some really fun stuff to uh to the pve um but i do think we are gonna be wrapping it up here uh, any last uh thoughts for pve stuff before we get to our end question all right let's do it so uh end question this week so we got yogg this week uh and uh obviously i think it's like Pretty much guaranteed we're going to be getting c'thun as the next event for the final fourth old god there's no way we get three in a row and then they just throw in a random like i'd be shocked but Cthune is the only one we don't have yet and it seems likely to me he will be a fighter because i think they do want to have some equilibrium there with like the old gods like uh it makes sense so far i think their roles have really fit really well Um, we've gotten two casters in Nizoth and, uh, Yogg. We've gotten a protector in Yasharaj. C'Thun's the last. I think he's got to be a fighter. So, I'm curious what each of us think. What kind of abilities or items or or stuff would we like to see on Cthulhu, the fighter in Mercenaries? And, uh, I'll let Mulhu take this one first, because I know he has to go shortly. Um, no, yeah, I'm...
2: i i was honestly just googling some of the og like some of the wow Cthune mm-hmm. elements because i that's that's the Cthune that i'm not as familiar with but so obviously some of them are going to be inspired by recent abilities you have to look i think to the battlegrounds Cthune kind of first and foremost that pulls on the standard version so we mm-hmm. get a thread through all of them i would not be surprised if there is an ability that says spread plus one plus ones across your team at random essentially um even if it's not, it's either onto Kathune himself mm-hmm. or you do it on everybody and then another ability is like you suck them all onto Kathune or something like that and then it does something or you can move these kind of like plus one, plus one counters. Like Vanessa kind yeah, of. Yeah, of whether or not you just like then explode them. Yeah, and then they've done a lot of that, right, lately of these kind of like check what you have and then blow up as a response. Like Nefarian kind of has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kazakus kind of has one that's also similar um, for some of the newer people. So I think probably a uh and a a long animation spread plus one plus one things around or just a long animation something right even if it's the 30u kind of little Mm -hmm. tiny bullets or little tiny bullets on my guys so one of those two if
0: anything yeah good good ideas good ideas there what about you frankie what what do you think or what would you like to see from uh fighter Cthulhu?
3: yeah um i was uh thinking in the same direction uh Mohud uh so um Every old god has a finisher ability, Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and if I'm thinking of the current old gods you can play in half-stone, um, is the one to pull off the hardest, because Mm -hmm. you have to play 4 cards and then you deal like 30 damage with Mm C'Thun. So I think that C'Thun's finisher ability has the highest cooldown, so let's say 20, like you assumed. And then um, use like a dozen or more uh, bullets um, that will each hit uh, enemy target, random enemy target. Yeah. Like
2: in Like every so, cooldown down, it shoots another bullet, like you're saying. Yeah. You're like, m- maybe oh, that'd okay. be okay. neat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
3: And uh, th- that would be the most fitting to Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um. But. Uh, also Cthulhu will probably be a shadow um muscle yeah. so this will complete like a whole yeah shadow Comp. so maybe the flex spot uh, we have currently in the current uh, shadow Comp, like clutch king Thames and cookie mm-hmm. then can
0: be um
3: Cthune. yeah he fills out that the role there pretty, pretty nicely
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I can't wait to, to see what we get with him. What about you, Wizard Beast? What are you thinking for Cthune?
1: man thing is, I'd like to see a kind of like Reno equipment, how he has the requirement for Battle Cry. I'd like to see that on Cthune, because kind of how like the original Cthune, how you had to do like bunch of like buffing and like set him up or even the other one where he had to find all of his pieces so i would like to see like a really cool like battle cry equipment kind of maybe that ties in with the other old gods somehow they do that like maybe old gods have to deal a certain amount of damage and then it's like when c'thun comes in then he'll like do like a split damage or something like shoot like all like the eyes everywhere Mm. so i would really like to see like that kind of like themed like equipment in for Cthulhu because Basically, all of the cthulhs we have seen have all had like a really cool battle cry, like that. Um, so that's the main thing. And also, I am wondering because they also probably see that shadow so strong. And I know they did talk about this before on Twitter, with certain um, s- classes and like spell schools having colors. Like shadow, we've seen a lot, mainly blue and some red, and really only green was Savanus, kind of mm-hmm. who's like the outlier. I wonder, actually, if they might not do a fighter just for that reason. Because kind of even how they were talking with, like, Murlocs and stuff, Yeah, um, how they're kind of keeping away from the Red Murloc for now, even though it will appear in the future, I don't know if they're going to just jump right away maybe into it. Like, it feels like it fits for sure, and I wouldn't be surprised, but I wonder if there is a chance of it not being a fighter just Mm -hmm. for that reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility, I think. I think it's definitely i think they are gonna do green just because even though they are all shadow they're old gods first and i think they're gonna want that like yeah. even outness but that is a good thing to bring up because it is possible i mean c'thun ability wise he's he, he could easily be a caster too um so that's definitely something good to think about but for me uh i really like that idea though the the doings in equipment like reno and now we have precedent for it right where we've seen, hey, Reno does something sick with his battle cry if you have two other explorers in play. So, if you've had three old gods, or if you have old gods out, or if your other old gods have died, or some condition along those lines, and then he has a crazy powerful battle cry or something, that would be awesome. And I would love something like that. So, maybe there are multiple ways to play Cthune. Like maybe there's an old god comp dedicated to him, and then. You run something different if you're putting him in a shadow build. Anytime we get an equipment like that that really encourages uh, team diversity and whatnot, and like kind of more deck building stuff, I think it's always a good thing. Um, so I'd really like to see something like that. I think it's got to be cthune is always the biggest and the flashiest of the old gods. So I'm saying it. 20 cooldown. Like it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be the longest cooldown ability. But I think it's going to be if you get this off, the game is over or the whole field is gone. Like, it's going to be something crazy. And whether that's... I feel like they've got to incorporate his, like, his just the individual little damage pings. They already have such cool animations for that stuff in the game that they can use. I feel like it's got to be related to, to that, but how much damage and whatnot, who knows? But it's got to be quite a lot if you're putting it at that crazy of a cooldown. Because as we saw with Yashiraj, even at 10, it's hard to get that down. So doing double that you really got to make it like if this happens it's crazy so that'll be really fun uh we don't know when that's going to happen but if uh do, do any of you guys remember did we get an event around the the 23.0 did Yash Yashraj came he's... right after that right or no yeah he was it was a what was Yasharaj? no Yashraj was near the big drop it
1: was Nazoth. Uh, it was
0: Nazoth. A... yes that's right it went Nazoth first and yeah Nazoth came af- a week after the, the 0. .0 patch so maybe a few days after the Hearthstone expansion on the second mm. we'll get the C'Thun event which would be awesome like back to back events within like a month's time would be really sweet and then we'll have another new merc on the tracks so that's like three new mercs that's almost like what we would get out of a whole month drop in the past so awesome. it's pretty good. sweet so, uh, yeah, that's that's going to wrap it up for us, though. This really fun episode. Thank you again, Frankie, for coming on. It's always a pleasure talking to you about Mercenary stuff. Uh, I will have links in the description where you can check out him as well as myself and our co-hosts here. And, again, if you enjoyed it, remember, like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz. And uh, we will catch you next time on the next episode of the Fighting Pit Podcast. Take it easy, everybody. I will see you guys. Stay yeah. safe.
3: Thank you for following me.